What up, what up, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Buffalo Binge. As always, I'm your host, AY, and I couldn't be doing this without my good friend, Eric. How are you? Good, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing good. I had a short but sweet weekend, went four-wheeling a little bit, got got muddy, got stuck, but you know what? It was a good time. Good job, man. Yeah. It's always fun getting four-wheelers stuck. Especially when it's not yours, dude. It's, you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like an asshole a little bit. Yeah, sometimes, but it's mudding, dude. You can't. You got to expect it. Yeah. But how about you? Anything go on this weekend? Uh, not really. I, I helped my mom with some stuff. Uh, my cousin's grad parties today. He graduated high school, which is awesome. And uh, he's getting ready to go into uh, culinary school. Nice, nice. Yeah. Man, it's been kind of a weird year for those high schoolers, man. No no prom, no no sports. Man. <sighs> Dude, I would have lost my mind my senior year if that was me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't imagine what it was like being a senior this year trying to make a prove it year for some colleges and stuff and getting short swung like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that I, would dude, kinda, honestly, man, I haven't even thought about that. Like, right? I've, I've overlooked that whole thing with high schoolers. Like, I, I just feel bad for a lot of them because that's really the last opportunity that they have to do a sport yeah. in their life. And not even sports, you know, like I said, prom, like those are some big moments in our lives growing up. I mean, they were pivotal moments in our high school careers. But anyway, we got Buffalo sports coming your way today. The NHL draft came and went. We'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. First off, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills. Did you happen to see that Ed Oliver video? I did. He's looking great, man. Dude. He's looking strong, fast, and he just looks bigger, and Ed Oliver's going to be a freak this year, bro. He is, man. He look he looks like he gained like 20 pounds of muscle, and he's just his fast switch muscles are nuts right now. Yeah, dude. He was slapping them bags, he was. man. <laughs> he, was, he was he was doing his rip moves. He was <laughs> slapping the bag. Yeah, no, he looks good. So, you know, hopefully we we hope he comes back from that incident he had in the offseason, which I have no problem. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to come right in and, and be a dominant force for this Buffalo Bills defensive line. I'll tell you what, man. He looks like he's been working real hard. Yeah. Not which is only, awesome. Not only to prove the doubters wrong, but to prove to himself, hey, I can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so, he's looking good. I'm I'm excited about Ed Oliver now. Yeah, it was a nice video to see him working hard to get where he wants to be. Uh, another nice little news segment came out. Tremaine Edmonds was ranked in the top 10 of linebackers in the NFL. Yeah, by Pro Football Focus, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So that's man. pretty legit. I think he's like 21 years old or 22. He's young, man. <laughs> and be, to be considered one of the top 10 linebackers in the league at such a young age, like, yeah, this kid's going places. And yeah, I know that you and I were saying that when he was drafted, like, holy crap, man, this kid is so young. He's got all this upside and look at him. Yeah, he's 6'5", 248. We call him the predator out here in Buffalo. If you haven't heard of it. Yeah, he's the predator on defense. He will he will seek you out and take you down. That kid flies everywhere. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to see another big season out of him. Did you year. see Bill's embedded last year when he sat down with London Fletcher and, and kind of picked his brain yeah it did that was awesome dude yeah it's, like i i love that he seems like he has a respect for guys that have come through the buffalo organization mm-hmm. and have had good careers here and i know london fletcher didn't end his career here but he's one, definitely one of my favorite all-time linebackers oh, yeah. for the bills oh yeah him and takeo spikes should be up there for me yeah definitely. did you see that takeo spikes he came out with a thing this week Having all this confidence in Josh Allen. Oh yeah, and I think everybody said that should. Josh Allen is going to be one of the most improved quarterbacks in the in the league this year. Yeah, and I believe it. I believe it. And I mean, from a guy who's played on the defensive side of the ball his whole career, I think he knows what he's looking for in a quarterback because he has he has to dissect the quarterback on the opposing side. I just think it's real cool that all these guys that were players for the Bills growing like when we were growing up, they're they're coming back out of the woodwork now yeah. and having all these great things to say about Buffalo Heck and, yeah. and the quarterback and. 
where this organization's going and how they had great experience in Buffalo, even though the teams weren't that good. Like yep. it, it's dude, it's awesome. I also like seeing like a lot of these young guys. I mean, just some examples Ed Oliver last year when he came in, had no problem going right up to Kyle Williams saying, Hey, teach me what I can so I can be a, a force on this line. I want to play. I want to get, well, they, they have similar builds too, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. So that, you know, that complimented him. Well, Josh Allen, this, this off season has been talking about how Peyton Manning has, you know, spoke his mind to him, trying to teach him a few things, Tony Romo. And since talking to these guys, he's had a lot of confidence in the offseason with his throwing motion. He really thinks that he's going to make a stride in his completion percentage. Did you see that picture of Josh Allen on the beach with uh, his brother and Sam Darnold and no, Jordan Palmer? No, I didn't. Oh, dude, he looks like a beast. He's jacked? Yeah, dude, he looks like he put on some, some well, girth to him. He, he looks like a Ben Roethlisberger kind of, but skinnier. Okay. Like a lot skinnier, well, like a young Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't see the picture, but uh, Palmer did come out and say that Josh Allen's like muscle right now. He's a beast right now. Yeah. So be ready for him. And if he's feeling more confident in that throwing motion and adding on some muscle, I mean, I can't imagine playing this guy. I say it every week, playing Josh Allen is going to be harder than people think. Dude, I hope he's just a tank now. He's going to be a tank. Oh, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be nice to watch. But um, just some other little insight on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Tredavious White. A recent uh, draft came out by CBS, and they ranked Tredavious White seventh in the league of cornerbacks. Travesty. Travesty. Trey White, you deserve way better, bro. You didn't give it a touchdown all last year. You should at least be considered number two. In my eyes, you're the best corner in the league. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, statistically, and just looking at you as the type of person you are and how exciting you are to watch it on, like, on Sundays, how exciting you are to watch a training camp, like, to me, you're the best corner in this league. Stephon Gilmore has got nothing on you, dude. Like he's lost a step or two. Stephon Gilmore just like he had his shot in Buffalo, and he and you know he wanted to move on. He's an idiot. Yeah, you, you're going to be loved by these fans for a long time. And regardless if CBS or ESPN or NFL Network think that you're the best or not, we're going to still think that you're the best. Yeah, man. we got your back, Trey Day. We got your back. Uh, one guy going before him, right before him, was Byron Jones. Now a newly newly acquired cornerback and yeah, he Miami. just signed that huge contract. Yep. And he didn't he reset the market for corners. Uh, if he didn't, he's up there. Yeah, if I'm, he didn't, he, he got a lot of money. I know Trey that. White's going to reset the market, dude. This yeah. year, I like guarantee I, it. And it's like we spoke in our Woodbine thing. It's either going to be Tre'Davious White or Jamal Adams who resets the secondary market. Well, no, because Trey White's good. The, the safety and the corner markets are are already different. I wouldn't say by much. I mean, I know we spoke. Eddie Jackson was making fourteen point six million. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that like Josh Josh Norman was making like twenty mil when he when he, he was reset up the market. He was up there. But. I know that the market's a lot higher than it used to be for the corners. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, ever since Gilmore signed that huge deal with the Patriots, it, everybody wants some of that money now. You know. Yeah, I, like like I'm saying, dude. Trey White's resetting the market. Yeah, he's going to be the top paid corner in this league. He's he's going to be the best corner in this league. Period. Yep. Yeah, he's in the perfect scheme for his play style and everything. I and he's I think gonna the, be undisputed, bro. Undisputed. Yeah, the Bills are also in shape for that. They didn't spend all their cap money this year, so they got enough cap that's gonna transition into next year on top of what they're getting. No, like, then they got guys that they can definitely save money on yeah. if they get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I agree with that. They're not a lot of a lot of the the way that they set up a lot of their contracts, there's not gonna be a lot of dead cap. Right. But we're not the only ones who think Tredavious White is more worthy of a higher rank than seven. Shaq Lawson, former teammate of the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White, comes out and says that he deserves the number two ranking right behind Stephon Gilmore. So Byron Jones signs. 
with the Dolphins. Shaq Lawson signs with the Dolphins. Yeah, they're now teammates. And Shaq Lawson still comes out and says, nah, dude, sorry, man. Tredavious White's still number two. That's because Shaq Lawson's like, he's, Shaq Lawson's a real dude. Yeah. He's going to keep it real. That, yep. And that's why I loved him so much in Buffalo, dude. And that, like, that's why I even said in one of our previous podcasts, when he comes back to Buffalo, I'm going to show him love the first time. The next time, probably not so much, yeah, but especially if he's sacking us. Yeah. <laughs> But so just some just some guys who went ahead of uh, Tre'Davious White was Joe Hayden. That one surprised me a little bit. Yeah, he seems like he's on the back end of his career Same. and isn't doing as much now. When healthy, Patrick Peterson is still in my eyes possibly the number one corner in the league. So really? I, I agree. Yeah, dude, Patrick no. Peterson, man, he's a he's a freak mm-hmm. of nature. Another LSU guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, he's Ma- he's getting up there. Marcus Peters for the Baltimore Ravens is number two in this draft yeah, or in this that's... mock. Um, yeah, and Tredavious White sits at seven. So, honestly, man, he just gets over. It's just him getting overlooked again. It's Buffalo getting yes, overlooked. Exactly. And, you know, so it's it, no surprise to us. Another slap in the face, man. It's just another thing they're going to wear a chip on the show. Trey Day's going to see that just like Josh Allen saw that first round mock. You know what's you know what's going to change the mind of the media about Buffalo is when Tredavious White puts up crazy numbers this year and then resets the market for corners. Yeah, and then they're going to be like, oh, okay, maybe we should pay attention to this young man, like he. <laughs> Clearly, if they if they're paying him, clearly if they're paying him more than any other corner in this league, he might be worth watching. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, no, there's no doubt about that. I think this whole defense is going to be put on the map this year, man. This defense is we're talking about. Dude, this defense should have been put on the map like ten years ago. Nah, eh, maybe not ten. Not more 10, like more like probably six. Like four years ago. No, they've been solid for at least five. They years. They weren't that great with Rex Ryan. They were the first year. But I don't know that the next the next year they weren't three four never really worked in Buffalo no it never I was never a fan of the three four defense here in Buffalo and that's why I really like what the Bills are doing now because Sean McDermott's very versatile with his players he like he says it's a four three base but man he'll have guys all in the box so he packs it everywhere man he's got loaded sides weak sides and then he brings blitz it like I like the four three front that we got especially with the players we have going forward and that's why I think we're in perfect position to really put this defense on notice this year in the nation. I'm hoping so, man. We're gonna Trey White's gonna come out and kill it. Mike yeah. Hyde's gonna come out and kill it. Jordan Boyer's gonna come out and kill it. Did you actually see what Micah Hyde said this week? I did. He said something along the lines of like, if it means that I can't see my family for an extended period of time, I don't know if it's worth that. Right. For so, com- for coming back to playing, because they're talking about quarantining the players mm-hmm. and not having them go home to their families. Yeah, see that I could understand that. Oh yeah, I can too. You know, you got little kids, you got like you can't his well his wife just had a, a either she's like just about to have a baby or she just had a baby yeah so he's a new fa- like gonna be a father or is a new father right. and i could understand wanting to be home absolutely and it's not like they haven't been going out and grocery shopping and stuff still so it's right. like what are you gonna catch it's actually new you, you get covid then it's not like he hasn't already been susceptible in the everyday life who knows yeah. I, don't, I don't know how he lives his life you know what i mean right Right, but he, I, might, he might have people to do that, or he might order stuff off the internet. And, true, true. I don't know. We'll see how that goes going forward. But I can definitely relate to that situation. I I don't blame him for feeling like that, and you know, we'll we'll just see how that ends up going forward. And but, he he's not the only one to say something about this now. Yeah, uh, the guy from the Eagles, the safety there, he he also said that if it's not worth it, if it's still an issue, right. Right. I mean, there's a lot of football players, I think, out there that probably feel the same way. Oh yeah, I'm sure they are. But it's a very for- family oriented game. Yes. So. It's it's something you want your family around for, and you need your family around so you can make it through all this. So. Not just that, man. Player safety has got to be a, like top priority. But yeah, cl- but it's clear to me that money is going to be a big indicator. Yeah, 
that and just like fans are dying for something, man. Yeah, they are. They're dying for it. They are. We're starving out here. We really are. But hey, good news is on the horizon. The NFL is for sure going to be starting off the training camps in three weeks. Uh, teams will be allowed to report and start practicing, and I think that's a good that's a good sign for. Yeah, the but they'll, they'll only be allowed to do it in their own facilities, right? But even to me, that, I wonder if there's going to be any like contingent upon how many people you can have in the facility at one time. If maybe if they have to split practices between offense and defense, mm-hmm. and not have like a full team practice before. Right. Like a preseason game. Could you imagine that if that happens? I think they would just do a bunch of 11 on 11s. They would have like maybe 20 defensive guys there, 20 offensive guys there, maybe the first team offense, first team. I'm talking about even if you can't have that many people, because think about all the trainers, all the coaches that you have. Like that's probably a solid like 30 people. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're talking about another 40 of players. I know that you can have 100 people in, in the building at one time right now. Yeah. According to the NFL. That's 70 people you're talking about already, and that's before anybody that's even in their offices and doing all their work and stuff. Like, right. who who do you decide stays home that day? I think you just come up with, like, a, a set schedule. Like, hey, guys, all right, nobody that's in the front office is coming in until 12 o'clock because we got players coming in doing practice until 10 o'clock. I can see I stuff. can see that working. And then they – that I mean, this is Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. They, I have well, the full other confidence thing, well, in these guys. The other thing, too, is that, like, who do you work out? Because you got 90 guys on your roster at one time. Yep. Well, well, at the beginning of the season, you got right. 90 guys on your roster. Right. Plus another 30 personnel. Mm-hmm. So you're already over the limit. Right. So who, who are you deciding is going to stay home? You get what I'm saying? Like I, you, I know like, what you're saying. I you, think there's like just going to be segments. I don't know if you could do that, man. Like, how, how are you going to decide who's making this team if that's the way you're going to do it? Because obviously you're going to have the ones running with the ones, the twos running with the twos, and the threes running with the threes. But how do you decide the twos and the threes if you're not looking at them in the same day or the same practice? Right. I think the coaching. And like how many, like if you did split it up that way, if Sean McDermott has to be there for 14 hours doing just practices. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's going to wear him out. It's good. like I just I see this being kind of an issue. I'm not too worried about it, honestly. I'm really not. I mean, front I office guys don't have to be in the office to do their job. Well, you can only have 100 people in there at one time. And like if you got nine, you can't have the whole team there at one time. It's yeah, the point that I'm making. I get that. But like if you've got, let's say you, you're saying, for example, 30 coaches, you cut that right in half. You just say, OK, we can't have all defensive guys here right now. So, so you're still, so we're going to get defensive line. We're going to get defensive line coach. We're going to get, you know, defensive coordinator. So are you saying split the split? The practices between offense and defense? No, I'm just saying I I really do feel like they're going to find a way to be able to scrimmage and get the amount of eyes on the guys that they need to watch to see who's going to make this team. I really, I don't, you, I'm not worried about. You could like if if you're still at that hundred man limit, you got ninety players. Well, obviously, you can't have all ninety players in there at the same time. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, what do you do with the guys? That, how do you? Tell you're going to have to do segments. You're going to have to do second string defense against first string offense one day. You're going to have to do third string defense against second string offense one day. You're just going to have to. So, guys. Like so, that. who's staying home on those days? You get what I'm saying? I don't think anybody's staying home on a specific day. I think they're just going to be able to say, okay, first string offense as it sits now comes in at this time. Second string defense comes in at this time against third string offense this time. Like they're just gonna make segments out of it. So the first team offense might only be in there and working out. From, but as, but you got to think about depth at all the positions at that point. Then I'm just saying that you they, know what I mean. Like, the we, only, like we both know that there's 11 wide receivers on this roster right now. Right. Who's coming for the second, and then who's staying for the third? They're just gonna have to figure it out. Right. It, this is this is the this is the I don't point think that I'm trying to make. I, I think it's gonna be an issue. I think it's gonna be difficult for them to do the proper scouting because they're not gonna be able to look at all these guys at one time. 
Well, the other thing that we've touched on before, though, is the continuity on this team. I already the, the Bills. I'm not right. even going to lie. Are, mostly, they already know who the hell they're taking. right. And I'm, I'm thinking mostly about the back end of the roster, which we're even we have like guys there who have been there. Like Voshan Joseph is going to be coming into his second year. Tyler Dotson is going to be coming into his third year. Uh, Thompson, the other linebacker is coming into his third year. Defensive line, they already know who they're taking at D-line. They don't need to really. I don't think they do, anybody. dude. Dude, they do. No, I don't think so. How do you not? They brought in all those free agents, man. You get to decide who's staying and who's going because you got Harrison Phillips, you got Ed Oliver, you got Mario Addison, Quentin Jefferson, Quentin Jefferson, and uh, the, there's another one too that I don't remember. Vernon Butler, yes, Vernon Butler, yeah. And then you already had Starla Tulele, Trent Murphy, Jerry Hughes, and that's it. The good thing about so, but just think about all those guys that I just named. There's like seven of them, and you have um. Daryl Johnson. So who who do you keep? Like you have to decide out of that group who you're keeping because there's already there's going to be guys in that group that I just named that are not going to make this team. Right. But the good thing about that whole entire situation is that Sean McDermott has already coached Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, Starla Tulele. Like he like they're not keeping all those guys. So if it came down to it, they are. I'm I'm telling you right now they right, already but you know. Just, who but you taking. just but you just said they already know who they're taking. They don't. Because they just signed like that, all those guys, like any, I would say any number of those guys could be cut this year, except for Ed Oliver and Harrison. Well, yeah, I, even Harrison Phillips could be cut, but Ed Oliver ain't getting cut. He's Ed the, Oliver's not getting cut. He, him, and I would say Jerry Hughes are the two guys that are a hundred percent definitive not getting cut. Mario Addison's not getting cut. Okay, so Quentin, there's three. Quentin Jefferson's not getting cut. I think he might. You think Quentin Jefferson's getting cut? He could. Okay. I mean, I, I just... But I, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I understand like, what you're saying in terms of like how they're going to get all the players on the field at one time, but I feel like if you just had... If you called a second-string offense 12 players one day, and then you called a second-string defense 12 players one day, that's 24 players you have in there for an hour segment to run your plays against each other with your coaches, and you run through them, and then the next hour, you have third-string offense, third-string defense. And then you you work the players up based on their performance that you're watching. That's the only way you can do it and still have you know a scrimmage going on. Yeah, I, I, I you guess. can just have it's, it. You I, can just have an offensive day, right? I guess I'm just I'm just seeing it as I'm seeing some issues arise with this. I'm not worried about it, just because of the continuity they have, and even oh, if I'm, it, I'm with you. Like I, like I said, man, the starters I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the guys that we know are starting on this roster. I'm wor- more worried about the back end. Well, other than the defensive line, where are you worried about the back end? Uh secondary with the corners. I think they're set there. I obviously they're set there, but who like who I, are you going to have are you going to keep EJ Gaines? Are you going to keep Levi Wallace? I don't think cuz I don't think Levi Wallace is really going to find a spot on this team now. Levi Wallace is his spot is his to lose. Josh Norman has to come in and win that. I think Josh Norman's already just the name behind him. The productivity he had in Washington was lackluster, dude. He has to prove himself again to Sean McDermott. I mean, Sean McDermott knows what he's capable of. Right. He knows what he can do. But at the end of the day, he's always said, you have to come in and earn this. Every every year, you and have the, to earn the it. Kid, well, the kid that they just drafted, too. Dane Jackson. Dane That's Jackson. Dane yes. Jackson. Yep. They got, they're like gonna I have, said, I'm just worried about the ba- the guys in the back end of the roster that are going to have a hard time making this team. And like you're not going to be able to really play against like the number one talent in a practice if you're labeled a three. Yep, but then you just got to work your way up to second string, and then first string. You're going to have a limited amount of time now this year. I mean, but we've because it's still sh- it's even though it's we're saying it's on time, it's still a shortened training camp because usually they're t- they're getting geared up 
and ready to go that second week of July. Now I think they're talking about the third week of July. Right. So they'll miss a week. I don't know. I, I just feel like they've already got the linebackers figured out, the offensive lines figured out, wide receivers, they they have that figured out. Quarterbacks. Well, not really. You got eleven wide receivers on the roster. Who are you yeah, keeping? Yeah, but who we, are you cutting? we we already know who they're keeping and cutting, dude. It's at the 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 only question is is Duke Williams going to beat out Isaiah Hodgins for the last spot? There's no way Nick Easley's making this roster right now. What about Isaiah McKenzie? Isaiah McKenzie could make it. I mean, last week we said right. This, this it would be this, Diggs. I guess this is that's the point I'm trying to make is who's taking up these these bottom roster spots. Like if you're not able to get all the guys in there at one time to watch them. Well, then it could just easily be like, okay, uh, yesterday we had Steph Diggs, Cole Beasley, John Brown, and Isaiah McKenzie with um, Duke Williams, right? So then you just take out two of those guys, send them down to second string, send up two second string guys, and have them perform with the first team offense and see how they do. You just have to wish well. You have to mix and match. And yeah, keep doing it that. just seems like it's a lot of extra like messing around. Well, it, it sucks that they can't just do it like an actual practice. I mean, if you guys have ever been to Fisher and you watch how they practice, I mean, the whole team's out there. Yeah. So it's easier to say, hey, you got to get in. You got to get your reps right now. Yep. Like you're in. This is just more of like a constructed way of doing it. Like they just actually have to plan out. OK, this day we're going to have Beasley, Brown and Diggs all together in the wide receiver room. And that'll be our top three. Maybe tomorrow it'll be Diggs, Williams, Hodgins, Gabe Davis. Like they, they just have to mix and match, and it's going to just be the, on the same time frame, just different yeah. segments. I honestly, they should just hire us to watch the practices and uh, keep track of how many got, like how many reps everybody's getting. That way, they can keep like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Brownie will be all over that. Chris Brown, from yeah, one Bills. I think he'll be on. I'm I'm always tuning into him because he's like the only reporter who's allowed near the team at the moment. So not as Sal Capaccio is true. Sal too. Yep, I love listening to Sal Capaccio, man. But yeah, we'll see how all this unfolds. Do you have anything more to say about the Bills offseason coming in? No, nah, man. I'm just excited for football to be back. Yeah. I'm I'm really concerned about how the games are going to go this year mm-hmm. with fans being allowed into the stadium, how how season ticket holders are going to be reimbursed. Right. Because right. I, I feel like they deserve to be reimbursed if they're not allowed to attend the game. Oh, for sure. For sure. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. Maybe they're the. Maybe that's gonna be the only people allowed in the game. If they allow people, maybe they'll just. Dude, say, could okay. you imagine? Uh, this is. I had this really, really strange thought the other night. Thinking, what if they did the six foot social distancing in the stadium? How many? Like, what would the stadium capacity capacity be then? If you could only have a fan every six feet, I have no idea. That I'm feeling like it would be like. I, I don't even know how many that stadium holds. I don't either. I don't either. It's, I just feel like it wouldn't be very many. I don't know. Because you got to be six feet by six feet. So like it's like two rows down and three rows. Yeah. yeah like yeah, you're, yeah. you're I'm thinking you're making like a diamond formation with every person. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't Bill's know. fans are going to care. They're going to be no. drunk as a skunk. I honestly, man, this is what I want to happen. Yeah. I, this is how I want it to happen. If they're going to have no fans in the stadium, I want people to just show up anyways and tailgate in the parking lot. And I hope that they will allow us to do that. Yeah. And listen to the game on the radio or have like a jumbotron mm-hmm. and just be partying outside the stadium. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think that the the players would also feel a lot safer that way, too, if mm-hmm. there were no fans in the stadium. I know that a lot of them are, are itching to have people in front of like, yeah, to be playing in front of people. Yeah. And they miss the fans. And like, it's it's that crazy experience that you get being in Buffalo. Right. And it's not like anywhere else. So no. That's why a lot of a lot of players here really want that, because that's like. You know, even these new free agents coming in, Josh Allen, one of his first thing, dude, it's like a college atmosphere here, man. It's crazy. You can't, I can't wait to play and to see you play in this atmosphere. It's nuts. You know, it's like a selling point right now for players. Like, hey, 
the city loves you. You should hear how loud these people get on Sundays, man. It's nuts, you know, and I just like being part of that crowd, man. Oh, me being too. one of those guys that they're talking about. The fact that I can't even hear myself scream at the top of my lungs, that just tells you enough right there about the type of environment you're in. Like I, yeah. I literally cannot hear myself yell as loud as I possibly can right. because it's so fucking loud. Yep. That's <laughs> insane, man. Like that Bengals game that we went to last year was super loud, but that's that's the pleasure of playing in Buffalo, man. We're there. We got your backs and uh we get loud, we get hyped up, we get drunk, we have yeah, a good time. I, I just like I hope that they would allow us all to tailgate yeah, and, like, and still and still try to make a home game feel like a home game. Oh yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. But we'll see how that unfolds. But yeah, moving on in Buffalo sports. Uh the Buffalo Sabres get eighth in the NHL draft lottery that happened over the weekend. Um, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, that seems like the number that the Sabres get quite often, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, it just sucks because you were at the seventh pick Yep, and you dropped it. But like th- That's the part of the reason that I hate the lottery is that you can go backwards. <laughs> but I guess somebody somebody has to go backwards to go yeah. up. Yeah. Number eight overall, though, how do you feel about that? Do you think we can get a quality player still at number eight? The Sabres have had the number eighth pick three times in like the last seven years or eight years. Yeah. It's just not gone well, man. They got Risto, which people love him, people hate him. I know it all, it all depends. Trade him, yep, so. I, and I've been saying that he probably should get traded to for a long time. But yeah. I think that he's also. You also think he's kind of a quality player. I do. I do think he's a quality player. He's always leading the Sabers in minutes. I yeah, well, that's because who else are they going to play it? But that's the thing. So is he getting? the short end of the stick because he's constantly on the ice and goals are being scored because he's like, if you're playing the most minutes, you have the most susceptibility to being the most negative player or the most positive. Right. But he's like negative, like 200 and something or 120 something. I just don't think he's had the talent. You've clearly stated that too. There hasn't been talent in Buffalo. So yeah, Yeah. he's one player who suffers from a lack of talent around him. You know what I mean? Just like Eichel. Yeah. And, And it's harder being a defenseman and having the impact that Eichel does making people better around them. So defensemen get pointed out a lot more just because at the end of the day, you only see the two guys skating back. And if they get beat, you remember who was there. You yeah, know what I mean? that's true. So I'll give you that. Another guy they picked at the eighth overall pick in their, their previous drafts in 2016, they took Alex Nylander, who's no longer with the organization. He got traded to the Blackhawks for uh, Henry Yokiharu, yep, which yep. was in my eyes, a good trade. So needless to say, the last two times the Sabres picked eighth overall, you would you would say you're probably not. No, because they, the they also they, they picked two years ago. They picked Casey Middlestat eighth yep. overall. Yep. So like the last three times that they've had the eighth overall pick hasn't turned out. No, they've they've I don't I think it's time to move on from Casey Middlestat, just like we moved on from Alex Nylander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, this Kevin Adams, he's got he's got some homework to do, man, because yeah. this eighth pick means a lot for him going forward. His first draft. We all know that the the number one consensus player is Lafreniere right but after that you really don't know what you're getting talent wise like it's like either a huge drop off or there's just another guy who's kind of like right there with them and then it's a drop off it's it's hard to gauge NHL talent I feel like so I hope that Kevin Adams can come in here and strike gold on his first on his first draft at the eighth overall pick which it has happened in the past there have been good players taken in the past at number eight yeah there have but going back to what you said like after the first overall pick this kid Byfield he plays in the OHL. He's he's actually a pretty solid player. Yeah. He's a center. Oh, so you like that. I do. I want a second line center. You want back. that center. I do. I don't know if he'll be a second line, like if he'll be a definitive second line center the first year that he's out, but I think that he'll be a solid guy. Right. Right. 
for the start of his career, like like kind of like a Capocaco, but at center. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know you've been high on second line center since the start of the off season, and it's a need, man. Is it's, it somebody it, that we would have to trade up for? He's not somebody that's going to fall. No, he ain't falling. He's not falling. He's 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 like Eichel. He's probably he's the definitive number two pick. Okay. In this draft. Okay. I mean, I I don't even know what the Sabers need the most right now because they're just hurting in so many areas that. I don't even know where to, where they're gauging. And you know what? You're not the only one that thinks that way because I've seen a lot of mocks already, and some guys are saying the Sabres are taking a goalie at eighth overall. Mm-hmm. Some guys are saying they're taking a winger at eighth overall. Some guys are saying that they're trading back. Some guys are saying that they're trading up. It's so early, it's hard to tell. But I, I in my eyes, a second-line center is is what they're going to need, and I think that this, this kid, uh, Byfield, is going to be a really, really solid center in this league. Good. And if I you mean, could, if you could find a way to trade up to get him, they're right now. The Kings have the second overall pick, and the Kings could use that second overall pick. Kopitar's getting old. Dowdy's getting old. Carter's old. I mean, they they need a fusion of youth just as much as the Sabers. And sadly, the Sabers actually are pretty young. It's just they need an even better fusion of youth to get better going. No, forward. the Sabers just need better talent. Yeah, they just they, they just have the youth. Be they just don't got the talent. So I don't think you can really mess this draft up if you're Kevin Adams, just for the simple fact that you just need help everywhere. So hopefully, whoever you pick at whatever position. I mean, I wouldn't say you need help everywhere. No, no, I would say that defensively, for the most part, they're pretty solid. So you're happy with the defense? Mm-hmm. Okay, for so right now, and if they trade risk the line in. You do you think they are still okay at defense? Or? Yeah, I do. I because th- they got McCabe, they got Darlene, they got Yogi Haru, they got Montour. Yes, yeah, so they, they got they, some youth. Yeah, they got some, they got well, and they're they're for the most part they're pretty quality guys. Yeah, they are. I, I'm a huge fan of Montour. I think that dude smacks dudes. Really, all over the I do. Darlene is like. I hope he. Really, I hope he forms into what everybody wants. You know what I mean? Like first overall pick in the draft, and I, I would say he's done pretty solid being on the Sabers. It's it's kind of hard. Well. It sucks because he didn't have a full year this year right? To, to develop. And I think that's where a lot of people are going to fall victim to is even going into next year, it, it's still going to be a learning curve for him when, you know, these second year woes haven't been able to get plucked out and yeah. fixed. Yeah. You know? No, I get it. Because Darlene, he's just as young, too. He's, he's what, 19, 20 years old? Yeah. Like he's, he's a real young kid playing in the NHL. So, and, and there's no speed that can contend with the NHL level. Of, of hockey no speed of hockey ohl ahl no none of that contends so it's well Darlene also went right to the nhl yeah man so, so he got thrown to the wolves yeah just like eichel but i would say they've performed pretty well for the situations that they've been in in buffalo i mean they haven't been in the greatest situations well i mean if you watch Darlene's play he makes some dumb mistakes but i mean he's a young guy yeah like yeah. it happens a lot of people were ripping on him real bad his rookie year for some of the dumb mistakes he's making but i you got to understand, man, the kid's 18 years old. Yeah, make jumping into a man's game. Right. Like, you're, you're playing against dudes who've been doing this for 12 years who know the ins and outs of this game. What I did like was that between his rookie year and this half season that he played this year, he he put on some some muscle. Yeah. Which he needed. Yeah. The I, only thing is, now that Bogosian's gone, he doesn't really have anybody there to, like, protect him. Right. And we all know Ristolainen. I know we keep talking about Ristolainen, but we all know his mentality probably isn't always the sharpest at times. So it's... You, you really want somebody there who's like a constant. You want somebody who's constantly like, hey, man, we got this, dude. Let's go. We can go out here and, you know, mess these guys up. Hey, I think it's it's easier when you're a younger guy in the league that doesn't know or or is new to the team. Yeah, because you don't know what they've felt there. Right. Like Ristolainen, and he's he's checked out. Bro. Yeah, he's he's checked out of Buffalo. Yeah, I know. And it sucks because you know what? He's probably going to end up staying. 
mm-hmm. just because they're. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. I don't think that they want to trade him. I think that Kevin Adams is afraid right now of making a mistake. He's another guy. I expect him to make mistakes, but I expect him to make mistakes in the way that he's confident in his move. I don't want it to be a question mark move like, ah, oh, if I do this, are the like, are the fans going to hate me? If I do this, uh, is this going to look good across the league? I want to just be like, you know, what? I want that dude. I'm going to go get that dude because I like that dude. And I'm going to give this up to go get that guy. So I, that's I just, what that's what got Bottle in trouble with the O'Reilly trade, dude. I don't know what happened with that O'Reilly. Well, trade, the O'Reilly but... trade came about because Ryan O'Reilly was voicing his displeasure with the organization because he wasn't the guy. Right. And he should have been the guy. Honest, I mean, Eichel's good, but like you've been the one to reiterate exactly what O'Reilly did when given the chance to play in the playoffs. That is a leader like that dude took the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah, he took it. Yeah. I'm here. I'm playing. I'm one of the best in the league at what yeah, he, I do. He carried this the rest, is what happened. He carried the rest of that team on his back. So Eichel is good. And they would eventually, if O'Reilly stayed here, they both would have been the faces of the franchise of the Buffalo. Sabres. I think O'Reilly, he just wants to be that. Like, it's all about the ego, man. He mm-hmm. knew that, that Eichel was the guy that the fans were looking at. O'Reilly wasn't. Right. Right. So. I know that, you, but, ma- that, but that's why that trade came about. Yeah, was because of that that displeasure that he had with the organization and the fact that he just didn't want to lose anymore. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, trade being said, back to, back to the uh, draft lottery. You stated if they could go up and get your second line center guy at number two, what do you think it would take the Sabers to get to number two? Oh man, it's going to take that eighth pick. And yeah, it's, and it's going to take Arista Linen and probably a second round pick. Yeah, it's probably going to be. A it's lot. G- it's going to be steep. Maybe two firsts in wrist alignment. You don't have two firsts. You can't trade. We don't have one next year. Well, you do have no- one next year, but you uh, you're giving away the farm for a guy that might not even be re- NHL ready. Right. right. So I, I kind of am curious to see how the draft plays out at the end because I want to know how the Sabers approach free agency. That's going to tell us a lot about what the Sabers do come draft time. Is do they go out and get Taylor Halls? Do they go out and get these uh, McDonough's? And do they go out and get these goalies? Like. What are the Sabres going to do? Which leaves a lot of room for optimism for us going forward. And I don't know. I, I I just I'm really curious to see what kind of moves Kevin Adams makes. Have you Have you looked at any of the mocks yet for where, for the eighth pick? No, I haven't touched them. So according to NHL.com, they're saying Jack Quinn, right winger, out of the OHL. Okay, at number eight for us. And how's he look? Does he he's goal scorer? Is he playmaker? He's he's a goal scorer. Yeah, yeah, he's uh. He had 52 goals in 62 games. Oh wow! In the as in the CHL, that's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. No, he's pretty good. And the, this kid Holtz is also being talked about at number eight. It all depends on what the Devils do in front of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, we look back on some on drafts and recent past in the NHL, all the way back to like 2010. Yep. There hasn't really been a lot of big names that really pop out to you that come out at number eight, but there are some productive guys. Uh, in the last 10 years, there have been some interesting names. At the eighth overall pick, one of them being Zach Wierenski from the Blue Jackets. He's, yep. he's been a very, very solid player for them. Absolutely. He's very exciting to watch and it, a guy that the Sabres missed on that year. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> Which sucks. But another one's Couturier with the Flyers. He's he's almost surpassed Claude Giroux for for being the, the leading point scorer on that team. Yeah, man. If, if the Sabres could grab a Couturier at number eight this year. Anybody who's even remotely close to that type of talent level, that'd be a win for me. Yeah. I'll take that all day long. But, but like we said before, man, they've just had really bad luck at number eight, and they had number yeah. seven a couple years ago, and it, like, it just seems like they're always picking in the top ten, and they're not getting any quality players from it. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's sad because if you're up there that many times, you'd think you'd strike gold at least twice. Right. You know, at least twice. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say they struck gold with uh, Ristolainen. I mean, I'll be the first one to defend him just like I did Bottero in the beginning, which didn't work out for me at the end. So I don't know how how my defense works. But anyway, I think Ristolainen fell victim to just bad talent around him. Being on the ice for the most time, it puts you in a susceptible position to have the most points or the least points. And he just got the short, short end of the stick, in my opinion. But they didn't come close to striking gold with him. They didn't come close to striking gold with Nylander or Casey Middlestat. I know we're talking about Middlestat going forward, and hopefully he can make a jump. But if he doesn't, man, they really struck out on these last number eight picks. Well, you look at who's been drafting these picks. Botterill took two of them. Yep. And the other one, uh, I don't even remember who the GM was when Ristolainen was picked because it was so. It feels like it was so long ago. Yeah, that was 2013. Yeah. yeah. That was, I don't even know who the GM was either. But I mean, Kevin Adams made some moves, so hopefully he can get his scouting going pretty well here. He uh, made some promotions. Jeremiah Crow was promoted to uh, director of scouting. Yep. That's his first move. And then uh, Jason Nightingale added as assistant director of scouting to his job title of director of analytics. So it sounds like the Sabres got the two guys they want up top to start, you know, orchestrating this uh, scouting. Well, they were talking about when they hired Kevin Adams, that he was a guy that was more into analytics than the previous regimes and that is kind of the way that the NHL is moving yeah is towards analytics and not not so much how a guy looks or how mm-hmm. how he skates or like you know what i mean it's, yeah, it's absolutely. more more about his intangibles than it is how he actually looks on the ice yeah and like how many plus minutes does this person have and yeah. all that so and i think that can be a big contribute back obviously to the Oakland Athletics i know it's a little off topic but yeah you know they with, everybody, with the money ball thing yeah. right and let's look let's look at the MLB just for a second Clearly, the, the conversation has been money. So any way you can save money and still be good, owners are going to do that. Right. So, Which is something that the NHL needs to do because the NHL has one of the lowest salary caps in professional mm-hmm. sports. Yeah. So that's a big contributor to the Sabres going forward are these analytics. So if they can get guys who maybe have been flying under the radar, chilling in free agency every year, just getting one-year deals, but they say, hey, you know what? This guy's got a serious amount of plus minutes, serious amount of assists. Right, always can, in the right place at the right time. Yep, and you and you can get them at a a, a discount price almost yeah, at a bargain. Yeah. you can just get them at a bargain, and you can fill your team. I mean, it it reminds me a lot of how uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean approached the Buffalo Bills. Yes, and it's awesome, and it's worked out just fine for them. It, it's it, it seems like they have been set up perfectly in their cap situation for like the last two years. Honestly, I, I like what I see from the first two moves from Kevin Adams. As, I do too. As, uh, acting GM for I the do Buffalo too. Sabres. It's nice. I think that was a. I think that's going to be a nice. Uh, refresher button there. It's going to be like a, a different aspect of how they're going to be approaching everything going forward. Kevin Adams is not put in a, in a good situation here, man. No. He's re- literally got to start from the ground up. Now, what do you do with Reinhardt? I keep him. I think that you could pair Reinhardt and like a third round pick and, and your first round pick to move up to that number two spot. Yeah, but is that kid going to be better than Reinhardt? I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. I think Reinhardt's really made some big strides in his career ever since the he know, has development of Eichel on his line. He has. And Reinhardt's actually probably number two on my favorites for the Sabres. It goes Eichel and Reinhardt. Like, I, I love that tandem. I love it. I think it's great. I think that they've they've had a lot of time to really gel together. Right. But I when Eichel's not there, Reinhardt isn't the same player. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of Reinhardt, so I'm biased towards it. I wouldn't want them to get rid of Reinhardt. Yeah. It's interesting to me because of his contract situation. Like, do you yeah. trade him? 
Because he is a restricted free agent. Yes. And he, it is going to be something Kevin Adams is going to have to really pay attention to because he could actually get some good offers for a player like Ryan. I think so, too. He, and it's 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 something that you can look at yeah, and it, be like, hmm, that's interesting. And now, Ristolainen, is his contract something where a lot of teams won't be able to trade for him? I don't think so. No? So... No. I th- honestly, man, I think it comes down to a lot of his. I think it comes down to his plus minus. Yeah, and a lot of people his are plus saying minus that. is really bad because there was a, a mock trade that came out out of Toronto, the Maple Leafs. Uh, some reporter out there said that the Leafs should trade for Ristolainen and Sabres get like Johansson back and, and another player. But then another reporter out of there came out and said, "Absolutely not." Ristolainen's plus minus is ridiculously right. terrible, right. and that would make no sense. You have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that and like, <laughs> I always feel like trading within the same division is not a good idea. Maybe not. I just, I I, I, if you're going to trade for somebody, I think you're trading out of um, the West. Out of the West, yeah. I mean, you could you could trade with Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's got some nice young talent that they've acquired over the last couple drafts, but they're always up there in cap. Always up there in cap. That's fine. I mean, it's just hard to pull out good players and then dump cap on them. I think that's what the Sabers are going to want to well, do. Well, that's that's kind of what happened with the O'Reilly trade. Yeah, they yeah. The, they wanted O'Reilly, so they they gave Spoka and um, the other guy whose name escapes me because he he left the organization. That was basically. crazy. Man. That was like a Vontae Davis situation yeah. for the Sabers, man. Like, yeah. what the hell? Oh yeah, I got traded. Honestly, man, I, I'm <laughs> honestly, man, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often yeah. for Sabers. Yeah, a little bit. I'm sure there's talks of it. Plenty, plenty of talks. Well, that's kind of what happened with Bogosian this year. Like Bogosian mm-hmm. got sent down, and he was like, "Oh no, I'm good. I, I'm I'm not going. I'm not going to report." Yeah. And then they're like, "Yeah, we're going to terminate your contract now." Okay, thanks guys. <laughs> thanks for your time. Absolutely, dude. But yeah, and I liked Bogosian a lot, dude. Me too. I like I liked his attitude, dude. If somebody messed with any Sabers player, he was right on him on the board. He would check you right off the ice, man. I honestly, I know that he didn't skate well near the like the last few years that he was here, but I really liked. I played. Yeah, me too. I, I was a fan of, of Bogosian for sure. It was like one of the only bright spots we got out of the Tyler, Tyler Myers trade too. I mean, I know Evander Kane did some things here. He flashed, but Bogosian's been here the longest out of that trade, and I think it paid off in that aspect at least. Yeah. But yeah, Kevin Adams, he's got a lot going forward that he's got to figure out, and his list, his laundry list is very, 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 very long. Uh, let's just hope that he can he can make consistent modest moves going forward in every single aspect because all he has to do is be modest with all these decisions going forward doesn't have to be perfect just modest and i think things will turn out good for him in the end yeah i hope so i'm hoping that this draft is is gonna work out the way that we all hope it does oh yeah i hope that we get a goal scorer personally yeah i hope we get a goal scorer i think, I think that's, that's what where we we're need. at i don't know if it's going to be a center or a winger but we just need a, a a good goal scorer on that second line that's going to be consistent for us I'm hoping Dylan Cousins can come up and be that guy. This yeah, year. you were talking about him before yep. in, pri- in prior episodes that you thought he could make a big jump, and we'll just have to see, man. We know that the Americans have been good the past three years. They've made the, the playoffs down there. They well, Cousins hasn't even played in the AHL yet. No. Well, that's even better. Nobody knows him. He's a, he's a mystery. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> they they've scouted him. Every team did their did their diligence on him. Yeah. when he was drafted, so. But yeah, that's going to do it for us here at the Buffalo Bench today. And as always, before I let you go, Graham's going to plug you right in. Yeah, guys, you can check us out at Woodbine underscore sports at Instagram. Uh, we post a couple times a day, bringing you all the sports news from every league that you guys can find. And we're pretty up to date with that. We do a good job. Go check it out. Hopefully you like and follow. Uh, you can also find our other podcast, Woodbine Sports, on Apple, Google, and Spotify, along with this one. 
Um, that comes out Wednesdays. As always, we're here on Mondays, and we love bringing you guys the content. Thanks again for listening. Yeah, thank you again for tuning into the Buffalo Binge. Keep your heads high. Sports are on the way. NFL three weeks out. NHL starting up soon, and we'll be right here giving you the content you need to get your first Buffalo news out. Thank you again, and as always, binge on, baby. <laughs>